Welcome to part two with Sadamni. Here we talk about how religion can impact our closest relationships. She opens up about her mom's history with Muslims, growing up in northern India, and the bad blood that can create lifelong notions of the other. Sadamni's mom is not alone in this, and we unpacked how best to bring humanity back from those stereotypes. Also, if you listen to the original release, we had a funny intro involving some improv games. I have taken those out, trying to get the content a little bit more streamlined. But if you miss our fun intros, we're going to be uploading them to our Patreon here soon, where you can find extra behind-the-scenes content, banter, some silliness that I do with the guests. So if you're interested, check that out. And feel free to listen to this, her part one, and her part three coming out next week. Thanks. Part two is a time where we get to discuss more things that came up and things that didn't come up. And so, Sadamni, I wanted to pass it off to you first, just to hear, yeah, things that you might be interested in chatting about or questions you had for me. And uh, we'll start there. I think uh, also especially because I've been, well, I I heard some of the podcasts before, but in the last day or so, I've been listening to more. And um, I was really curious about your journey through this and where you feel you're at after listening to all these views and different conversations uh, from people you know pretty well. Maybe there were some people you weren't didn't know very well. I'm not sure. I haven't heard mm-hmm. all the podcasts, but yeah, really curious to know if it like changed something in your mind or if it triggered something or if um, yeah, w- w- where you're at mm-hmm. at this point after like X number of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good question. Um, there's definitely something very fun about doing this podcast in that I, yeah, I get to hear so many different perspectives and then also trying to articulate my perspective against the backdrop of their perspective. And that's actually really been what's most, um, like it's just really forced me to articulate, okay, wait, what do I think about this? Um, So there's definitely some key standout moments where, I feel like I made a discovery or I was challenged in a way that really pushed me or like, Ooh, I don't know what I think about that or, or how to respond to that. Um, Irina had a, had some really good moments, um, especially in her part two. So part twos is definitely where there's like the friction that helps to bring out potentially new ideas. Um, and she had a question about why are Christians so hypocritical, which is, it's a confrontational question. It's a good one. Um, and I don't think Christians would say they're hypocritical. I don't think anyone would say it about themselves. But I think that's a majority perception. Um, so I don't know if that necessarily changed my mind, but it really forced me to to, to grapple with uh, how we're perceived, how I'm perceived. Um, so that was a big moment. And then recently we interviewed Steta, which is Christina's boyfriend. He is a really good thinker and was really pushing me to be very clear on what I was actually saying. So he, he wasn't afraid to just say like, I don't actually see it the way you see it. Um, and near the end, he started talking about this thing called proportionality bias, which basically says, uh, if you have a very significant moment in your life, you make the conclusion that there must be a significant cause. And I am still kind of, con- I'm still 
up in the air about what I think about that. Part of me is like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, is that always a bad thing? And I don't know exactly if he was saying that that's always like an errant way to think or if that's, or if it's just something that you should be wary of. Um, and then uh, it's been fun to watch Joey as well interact with, as me or a guest articulate some of the Christian thought. One of the, we talked about um, sexuality with Douglas. And I think I had mentioned something like, oh, well, like, when sex is at its best is when you know that the person's going to stick around the next morning. You need like both the night and the next morning to make it awesome. Otherwise, it's just kind of sucky. Um, and I said that sex, yeah, at its best needs to be pulled away from performance so that you as a person and your value or your um, worthiness is not riding on how good you are at sex. And one night stands is obviously like the performance side is way, way higher than, um, and then in more of a committed relationship, there's a safety that you're, <laughs> they're not gonna be like, well, that sucked and you suck and now I'm leaving. Like, oh, that would really, I mean, that just is like, a, that's a crushing blow. Um, <laughs> So he, he had a cool moment where he's just like, hmm, never thought about that. Cool, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's what I, I feel like I, I still need to listen to a couple of these because they sound very interesting. Um, yeah. Especially the one about humility. I think uh, that's, that's gonna be my next one. The which one? The one so, about uh, sexuality, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you should definitely listen to both of Douglas's because his, his story is amazing. And I'm really excited about this part two structure because that's when we kind of try to like kick up the dust just a little bit because it, your question is such a good one. And one of the things that I'm realizing, one, humans change very slowly and I am no exception. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty well like, nah, I'm set. But the only way to change is, is what I've been thinking about is, um, well, you kind of need friction. You need someone to actually like kind of stand in the way of where you're, you're heading or the way you're thinking and to say, hey, you might be thinking about this wrong. And so I kind of need, or, or me to someone else, that to facilitate actually a change of thought. Um, and I don't actually know if people do that very often or do it well, which is hopefully how we can grow in this podcast. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I, be, I feel like in everybody's circles, there's a lot of the same, because I guess we tend to like uh, interact with people who are in the same, who are in the same line of like ideas or ideologies as, as we are. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to break that bubble sometimes because uh, that's all you're getting. Also, that's all you're getting from the internet these days because yeah. you're basically just like fed information that you already know and you like and you enjoy. So it's nice yeah. to have somebody come and burst it and be like, hey, there's this outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and maybe what we need to is everyone should, everyone needs a needle, but then you also need like a, like a bucket or something. So you can pop the bubble, but then you can catch all the water and just be like, well, here's some things that you can still hold on to, but you needed to have that thing pop yeah. first. <laughs> nice cool yeah i mean was there any other uh, was there any moments that that specifically stood out to you as you listened that um you that maybe even changed some of your thinking um i think 
I found it interesting when you talked about because I guess I have a different way of looking at uh, what you said about you know that you when I asked you like what happens when you separate this like uh, idea of God uh, because from my perspective it seemed like you know you're you're putting a lot of weight on this one entity and like a lot of like what you are about and what you believe in is on this whereas I guess where I come from I would probably say that like you are in charge of you are in charge of you and that uh, you can take control of your life in many different ways and maybe I as a person would not be very comfortable like putting that on or like you know uh, feeling like there is another sort of power that 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 is guiding me to through this mm-hmm. um maybe because I would feel less like independent and less in control and maybe that's just a personality trait but mm-hmm. uh, uh but yeah but th- but it was interesting to me to hear your perspective on how this is just what this is the stories that you've been told since you were a child and that this is how your world has been built up and that for like at least briefly made me like suddenly look back at like oh I guess these are all the people that I have also dealt with growing up around me and maybe just having that perspective helps me understand them better mm. I, I I may not actually like agree with them but it helps me see where they're coming from and why they have very strong beliefs about something mm. um, so yeah that was a that was an interesting point for mm. me wow yeah things like maybe your mom or just yeah family or whatever and um exactly yeah like that was my first thought like i guess this is these are the stories that she has been told right mm. like throughout uh, and and that doesn't mean that we can't like argue about it or we can't open up a discussion and like i it's not that i can't have my views out on the table but um yeah i guess it helps to know like where the person's coming from is mm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. wow cool <laughs> i'm glad yeah hmm yeah it it yeah it is helpful what would you say to your mom if you could kind of have like a candid conversation maybe this is too personal too <laughs> uh as deep as you want to go but like revolving around this perceived per- this perception of islamic um people how how would you want to address that yeah this is this is like a really difficult question because uh Yeah, this is yeah, this is this is a really hard question because like even people who are a lot more open-minded like uh ha- I have had a bit of trouble with these things occasionally. So what happened is uh my mother comes from a part of the country which was which went through a lot of like uh religious riots back in the day and especially Hindu Muslim riots and like there was just like trains being burnt and like lots of lots of really like horrific things and mm-hmm. and that's part of a country where there are very like distinct like Islamic areas and Hindu areas and you know like and I guess I don't I don't blame her entirely like I know she grew up in that environment uh and exactly what you said like this is this is what she was fed growing mm-hmm. up and this is what people around her talked about um but what i would say to her is that like at the end of the day we're all human beings and like why does that matter and like you're sort of you know you're you're attributing so much like you're 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 basically taking like one incident and you're sort of labeling a whole community of people based on mm-hmm. that and i think that is to me that is wrong 
that is uh, every individual is an individual for a reason right mm-hmm. like you have your own beliefs like and i understand that okay it, there has been a lot of like uh, uh, tension between the two religions in the past but that doesn't mean that it ha- always has to be that way right mm-hmm. um so yeah i think i would just ask her to look at us as like human beings and not as like people who because like the thing is i don't think either of us identify like religion doesn't identify us in any way so like why would you label him as like sadamani's muslim boyfriend right like that's like like that's not like that's not how he identifies mm. and that's not i think we are bigger than like the religion that we follow i feel mm. uh so yeah that's kind of where i'm coming from mm. Man, that's so good. I love that. Yeah, like seeing people as humans, not as the label that that they or you give them. Um, yeah, but then I and I really appreciate your perspective on this too because you can you can understand where your mom comes from because there is history there. There's there's history of violence and and hurt and pain, um, yeah. and it probably just hit, hits really close to home. And fear, fear is just like a really it's a really powerful force that's hard to overcome. Um, yeah, and so, so that's the question. How do you acknowledge pain and hurt and um, truth in the conflict that exists while then helping someone or even ourselves move towards back to like humanizing the other um, or understanding them or forgiving potentially? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's so hard to do though. Like, not, um, yeah, because it's. I mean, it, there's like a fine line between also like say like I guess you got to say that you understand where they're coming from, but not really like saying that I agree with with your beliefs from that point. So I guess that's like a really fine line in like getting that point across. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because i don't agree with her beliefs at all but it is um i get that like this is what this is the exposure you had i think that like but at the same time like here i am trying to give you new exposure so hmm. like th- that would that's the place that i'm coming from where i'm like okay so far you didn't have access to like different thoughts but now you do hmm. and maybe this is a good point to start opening your mind up and looking at other uh other like how other people think about the same yeah 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 that's so good and actually honestly this, this is how this is how christianity would like impact let's say this type of situation for me one of the nice things is because i think you had mentioned when i was sharing about like what faith does for me or, or something and i think you had said something like that's a lot of pressure to put on god or something <laughs> right right like yeah. like something like um well, explain that thought a little bit like so what, what did you mean by that I was I was I was like semi-joking but I was like that's basically what I meant is that that's uh that's a lot to like that's a basically you're sort of attaching a lot to like another entity as opposed to um taking like responsibility on your own and maybe maybe this is not exactly what it is but that's probably what i looked at it as uh, when you talked about it that it's like you can you are in complete control of who you want to be and what you want to do and like why does there need to be something else that that you attach so much power to that guides you to do this um, yeah yeah that's a great question yeah 
you did I cut yeah, you sorry, off? No, no, no. Go on. Okay. Are we just both cutting each other? So, okay. But then you have um, this thought about role models. So then what's the kind of difference between maybe the weight that I place and then the weight that someone placed on a role model, especially a fictional character, potentially role model. Right. I think, um, yeah, well, at least for me, um, I feel like my role models sort of change over time. Like it's not constant. Hmm. Um, whereas maybe the idea of God is constant. The thing is at different phases in my life, I have different people to look up to. Um, sometimes they're friends, sometimes they're family, sometimes it's my partner, sometimes it's like, I don't know, it's just like the idea of yoga or something, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's different stuff. Um, yeah, so, so, so for me, it kind of like, that, that idea changes as I change as a person because um, I guess I imbibe from different things in my, in my surroundings mm. and I take what I, like what at that moment is making me really strong or making mm. me um, do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but, but that's like, which is what I mean by like, I, I, I guess as an individual, I have the power to, to make that choice and like carve my way. Sometimes it's my therapist who, who, who is being that person, right? Yeah. So so like, cause, cause a lot of what you were talking about, like to me, like the first thought that went in my head is like, oh, that's therapy. Like, like, like somebody kind of guiding you the right way. Like my therapist does that. I guess the difference <laughs> is that I would pay, pay him or her and you're not paying <laughs> God to like guide you. But, uh, but like, that's the first thought that went in my head. And I was like, I have that too, but I guess I just have that from different things. You know, mm. like, so maybe I don't feel the need to like look up to one, one source. Yeah. So then the, the thought that was popping in my head is, so we had already mentioned this idea of like groundedness and then like yeah. potentially the little like buoy thing floating in the ocean, but it doesn't, it doesn't move because it's, it's grounded. But now I'm getting a different image, more of like a magnet. So we've got like, I don't know, like a big table and there's just a bunch of different magnets. And so you're, you and us, me, we're all like one of these magnets. But so then the feeling of groundedness is actually more um, similar to attachment. So then you as a magnet, you're kind of like, I don't know, working your way through the table. Um, and then certain things exert pull on you and you come and you attach to that. So at first it's like parents. And so you feel grounded, but really it's just an attachment here. And then you start to get a different pull and it's like um, Finland and university and you're starting to get a pull towards uh, your friend group ide uh, identity and ideology and then it's like now it's a pull towards the yoga or your um, counselor or your your relationship and so then my question is what's the unifying groundingness because it actually just feels like uh, it's just from one attachment to the other that makes you feel that way I, I don't feel like I don't feel like if I'm that that the other people sort of like lose um their place in my life right like it's just that at different points different things are like gain more importance but my parents are still a part of so I guess what I'm saying is that I'm spreading my like all my troubles across like 20 20 like baskets yeah. and it's not and I'm getting a bit from from everybody and yeah. that, that's how I'm building my myself whereas maybe in your situation it sounds like there's one source that like that is that kind of is defining what is right and wrong so yeah I guess 
in, in my case, I am more open to changing my belief too, because sometimes uh, maybe as a child, my parents have a lot of influence in me and I believe a certain something, but as I grow up, uh, I meet uh, friends and I make friends when I'm like 20 or whatever. And then they have different beliefs that suddenly at that point feel like, huh, I actually, I relate a lot more to this at this point. And so uh, that is something that I, yeah, I guess it's like, just the idea of like openness like I know I mean I don't think I'm necessarily like floating from one thing to another but I guess I'm like finding whatever finding groundedness in different things at different points in life but that doesn't mean that others just like fizzle out of course they're still like I I would still turn back to like family when I need them or turn back to those friends or no that's that's a really good qualifier and and maybe then we could tweak the image of um, you're a magnet, but then you're surrounded by different other magnets that exerting different levels of force because maybe your boyfriend's closer to you and your family's maybe back in India. So then the, the forces are different in different life seasons, the forces are different. But then I guess the question I would ask is how do you know if those forces are leading you correctly? Like it feels like mostly subjective realm where it's just due to the people that you're around that create your sense of right and wrong. And there's not necessarily anything objective. Right, interesting. I think, well, there are two ways of looking at it. So like on one hand, I could say that um, I think the, the, the people that I've surrounded myself with have a certain set of values um, that will just uh it's it's not it's not necessarily like we we may not agree on the same things but as core individuals we have like the same set of values it could be i don't know it could be just like having integrity or whatever like you know being um being honest about something or whatever like like Mm -hmm. different set of sets of values that uh we look up to and those kind of like bind us all together on the other hand, I could even say that, like, that I'm, this is like life for me is a journey where you can, you will sometimes fuck up and you will do wrong things. And that's not, it's not a problem that mm. like, I don't think you always have to, sometimes you learn the right things by doing wrong things. So I'm not so like hell bent on like, I always must do the right thing. I guess, of course, there's a sense of like, yeah, like, everybody wants to just do right by themselves but uh but sometimes you just make a bad choice maybe mm-hmm. you end up i don't know maybe you end up like dating somebody who's a complete douchebag and like <laughs> treats you badly and you don't mm-hmm. know what you're getting into but like it, it happens and um but you learn from it so mm-hmm. like i don't know if necessarily like um yeah i i i i'm not so like hell-bent on like we always must do the right thing i feel like you find your path um, as long as you're not hurting people on the way, like you, uh, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and an example of that boyfriend or, or yeah, or whoever it's, it's like that magnet doesn't need to have force on me anymore. Yeah, so then it's, yeah, that, I can just be like, go exactly. Right. 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 Although that's that it. And this is maybe where the spiritual aspect comes in. Cause even when that tie is cut with the douchebag magnet, um, there's still emotional, you know, connection of just like maybe conclusions that you've made about yourself 
due to things that that, that magnet set or something. Yeah. And so then it's always, it can be hard to know where the force is still being exerted. Um, even if that thing or person is out of the picture, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, Wait. but then that's, yeah, go on. Sorry, no, no, no go ahead, go ahead. No, I was like, and, th and then that's the place where my other magnets come into play. Cause like, that's when like a close friend would be like, hey, you're being an asshole by still like, I don't know, like still calling this guy or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, the, the, the similarity here, maybe between what you're saying and what I'm saying is that, yes, there are people who kind of share similar values that, that you keep in your life, right? Like you probably, I probably won't be friends with somebody who I, who's like a liar and a, you know, like who's like stealing things from my house or whatever. Like, it's just, <laughs> just giving you an example of, yeah. uh, or like, who's just, yeah, just like, not, like not treating me well as a friend. Um, so yeah, I guess there are just some basic set of like values that like you look in the people that you're around hmm. or you want to have in your life. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, it actually is kind of cool because the more you have a, a circular force of other magnets, it actually keeps you grounded. Your magnet doesn't wobble or teeter or fall apart because of the combined force. Yeah. That's a really that's a really interesting like I guess analogy. I had never I never thought of it like that, but that is basically what yeah it's it's what you're saying. <laughs> so then one of the questions I have or, or one of the thoughts um, have you ever been to the Veris the Resistance Museum? I was going to say the Dutch word, but then I was like. <sighs> it's over by the zoo and I just went into it briefly but then I was like "Ooh, I think my family would want to see this and then I was like oh I'll make some plans for them to come and then COVID's like plans ha ha try again <laughs> um yeah so it's really powerful so obviously it talks about World War II and Nazi occupation here in the Netherlands and I don't know uh, the full statistics on this, but I know that the Netherlands was one of the highest countries of like giving up their Jews kind of thing. Not not like a great mark on history. Someone can totally fact check me on that. I welcome it. Um, but either way, there there was this pattern of um, there were a few people who who actively resisted. Um, and there was few people who actively hid uh, Jewish neighbors, friends, or strangers. But the majority of people, um, due to survival, because of the repercussions of their actions, did nothing. Did nothing or helped um, turning people in, making lists of names. And so one of the things that I've been thinking about, so if we take this, this um, magnet analogy, it's, I think it's, a, it's totally a fine way to live. And I think it's kind of how everyone does. I, I, I don't pretend to be anything different. Um, it makes sense that you kind of adapt to the, the voices that you have in your life. Um, and you've got room for a close knit one and then some, you know, outside. And then you've got like, you know, television and books you read and all of that exerts force on, on how you see the world. Um, but then my question is, but so then if everyone is just saying to you, um, survive, do what you need to do to survive. You are all that matters. You can't, you can't think about the other because in this intense, horrible time, this is all you can do. So you just take care of you and your family. 
um, at whatever the cost. And quick question: When you say intense, horrible time, are you referring to are, are you referring to the the Jewish story, or are yeah, you, okay? Or, so, like, let's say we're putting ourselves into like 1940s. Um, so we're we're Dutch and we're living here in the 1940s. Um, and so then my question is, well, one, like, I guess, are they, can we, can we fault them? Um, and, and if there is a higher way to live, which I think my conclusion is, yes, it, it is more important to, um, even at the expense of your own life, to have stretched out your neck on behalf of somebody who's oppressed by the state. Um, how would you get there from the magnet perspective? How would you know kind of what's a higher degree of truth than the one of survival or of what the bubble says? I think in, well, in my magnet, it would be in, in my like group of magnets. I think it would be what, again, like what I have, um, what I have sort of taken from like all these different people. Right. And, and, I think the common thing here is that that we would go out and like go out like go out and try to like even if it means costing our life or like mm. saying something that is not accepted um putting yourself out there because uh because you're actually helping somebody else uh and a lot of other magnets that may not be and mm. that's that's just how the world is set up like you can't have people who all think the same way i think in a, in a different like circle of magnets maybe they're like you know just look out for yourself and like mm. get the hell out of here uh mm. jews actually deserve to die like that's mm. maybe what their magnets are saying yeah yeah so but yeah i think in, in my case yeah of course i would like i i would take into account what all the learning that i've had through these people huh. over the years because that makes me who i am right and and um yeah and go by my gut and just like if, if that means you know helping somebody out and getting killed in the process then i'll do that hmm. uh but my point is like that that there is also another section of people and i think for the world to function there have to be all kinds of like groups of magnets so hmm. um yeah so yeah with different values for sure no that's cool and i think that speaks then to um your group of magnets you got a good group you keep your magnets <laughs> I'm um, going to make a WhatsApp with all the people I care about and call them the group of magnets. <laughs> <laughs> My little circle of magnets. Yeah, and I think maybe as I turn this back to myself on my, my Christian view, um, I think the, re I think the, the thing that I, <laughs> the reality that I think exists is that I wouldn't just on my own strength, I don't think I, this is kind of those two different natures, but I think that base nature, I think it's realistic for me to think I would give in to fear. <laughs> I would give in to survivalism. Um, and that's why I believe in a God, basically. I need supernatural. I need, I need a God who is actively changing from that base nature. Um, and then, and then ultimately, yeah, surrounding myself by other magnets who are also under the authority of that, of that God. So yeah. that's, I think, where the, that, that, that's where my faith comes in. Um, 
I also wanted to throw in a qualifier. I realized it's easy for me to, to talk about Christianity as a narrative, which is somewhat like stale and kind of principle oriented. But the reality is for me, it's, it's an actual relationship where um, just the same as me and Brianna have a relationship and we, um, we dialogue and we, we change each other and we speak into the things that maybe aren't good or, or going well. Um, it's that type of thing with, with God and I. And so my whole, my whole process of my life is to fully come under the authority of, of his will, not, not mine kind of thing, which sounds weird, I think, as I say it, but I think that's just the reality. Yeah, I think I have, I, I recently heard something similar from somebody I know who was going through a, um, like an, like an AA program for addiction and mm. also an, I, I believe he's an agnostic, but, uh, um, I heard him say that basically like he couldn't control what was going, like he couldn't control his addiction. And so he needed, like he needed to surrender to therapy. So for, in mm. that sense, like the therapist of this program was what was sort of helping guide him and that was the first time when I actually drew like a parallel to like what religion is Hmm. uh, because I guess I would have not expected this person to um, to ever like surrender to something else but like it but he was because he was like I'm helpless on Hmm. my own and I uh, I need help from another person of course in this case it wasn't God it was like a therapist but but my point is like it was the same sort of thinking Hmm. Hmm. but yeah, yeah that, that's a cool parallel and i can totally relate yeah i think there's a sense of i yeah i need to come to the realization that i am helpless on my own strength and i need something else someone yeah someone else that's all for this episode i hope you enjoyed sadamani part two this was part of a larger conversation so if you're interested go listen to her part three to hear the rest of our conversation especially as we get into feminism and her relationship with her boyfriend who is Muslim and how her family feel about it.